Thank you, folks. Am I, am I mistaken, or is that the same tune of uh, Complete in Thee? That's what I thought. Okay. When you started singing it, I thought that's what you were going to sing, and that wasn't the way it was, but uh, it's a good song. Appreciate it. Take your Bibles. Turn to the book of Luke. Luke chapter 9. Luke chapter 9. We're going to take a look at a incident that happened in the, in the life of Jesus and his disciples. And I, wa I, want, to, I want to say this uh, in the beginning, that what we're going to look at this morning are some problems that every person who tries to follow the Lord who tries to serve God, who tries to, to love him with all your heart, you're going to have these problems. You've probably already had these problems, and you'll continue to have them, and you need, just need to be aware of them, and when they're, when they're pointed out to you by God, just like the Lord Jesus pointed out to his disciples, uh, we need to make sure that we take care of them right away. Let's all stand together. If your neighbor doesn't have a Bible, please allow them to look on with you. We're in Luke chapter 9. We'll read verses 46 down through 56. Then there arose a reasoning among them, which of them should be greatest. And Jesus, perceiving the thought of their heart, took a child and set him by him and said unto, him, unto them, Whosoever shall receive this child in my name receiveth me. And whosoever shall receive, receive me, receiveth him that sent me. For he that is least among, among you all, the same shall be great. And John answered and said, Master, we saw one casting out devils in thy name, and we forbade him, because he followeth not with us. And Jesus said unto him, Forbid him not, for he that is not against us is for us. And it came to pass, when the time was come that he should be received up, he steadfastly set his face to go to Jerusalem, and sent messengers before his face, and they went and entered into a village of the Samaritans to make ready for him. And they did not receive him, because his face was as though he would go to Jerusalem. And when his disciples, James and John, saw, saw this, they said, Lord, Wilt thou that we command fire to come down from heaven and consume them, even as Elias did? Now, that, that just shows you. I think, these, I think these disciples are definitely fundamental, independent, Bible-believing, Baptist folks. But anyway, uh, verse 55, But he turned and rebuked them and said, Ye know not what manner of spirit ye are of. For the Son of Man is not come to destroy men's lives, but to save them. And they went to another village. Let's bow our heads for prayer. Father, we ask your blessings upon this time together, and may our hearts be open to you, Lord. Uh, I'm preaching to good folks. I'm preaching to folks who love you. I'm preaching to folks that uh, have uh, served you in the past and have intentions of serving you in the future. But God, when, when we decide to follow you, there are some things that will plague us. There are some things that will hit us will be tempted, and these three things in particular are things that the, the disciples fought with, not just here, but they, they fought with them in other instances in their lives. 
And the truth of the matter is, we'll fight with them too. We need to be aware uh, of, of our enemies. We need to be aware of the devices that the devil uses against us because, Lord, we want our lives to count. Boy, if there's ever a, ever a time in history when our lives need to count for you, it's now. There's a world out there that's scared to death. There's a world out there that, that uh, is mad, is angry, is even angry at God. And they need, they need to see some folks that love you with all of our hearts. They need to see some folks who believe that there really is joy in serving the Lord Jesus Christ and that you have the answer for all of our sins. So, Father, I pray that you would, uh, Lord, uh, speak to our hearts this morning, give us understanding, and give me wisdom as I preach and power without it, Lord, without you. I cannot preach this message the way that would please you. So, Father, we just ask that you'd have your will and your way in each of our hearts right now. For it's in Jesus' name that we pray. All God's people said, Amen. Amen. You may be seated. La uh, not last week, I think the week before, for whenever the first Sunday in, in August was, uh, I celebrated, I say celebrated, I recognized, acknowledged uh, 29 years of being here as pastor of Freedom Baptist Church. And I, I count that a privilege. I mean, I really do. Uh, I count it a real privilege to be able to, to minister to you these, these 29 years. But you know, there, there's something, as I, as I reflected back on it, I got to thinking, you know, uh, I know some things about you, you folks that I didn't know about you folks back 29 years ago. And the scary thing, even scarier, is you know some things about me you didn't know 29 years ago. And glory to God, we're still here. Isn't that amazing? Isn't that wonderful? And uh, I realize there's a few folks that over the years have peeled off, and that happens. You know, that just happens in church ministries. But uh, the longer you're with people, the, the clearer their faults seem to come. And as we're reading through this passage, you, you, you were able to see very, very clearly the three faults that the disciples had. And as I said, these are basic problems. These are basic problems that all of us fight, that all of us, all of us are up against. There are seven times in this chapter, in chapter 9, that God uses the word disciples to describe these men, these 12 men. And a disciple is just simply a follower of Jesus Christ. Now again, uh, you, you, you can follow the Lord Jesus Christ and you can do so with the proper intent and still be caught up in some things that can catch you, cause you to stumble, cause you to fall. And that's what happened with these fellas. Uh, if you're going to do something for God, you're going to be tempted. I was just listening to a message uh, that was preached by a fellow by the name of Johnny Pope. And he preached it at a family con conference. And, and the, the title of the message was, This is No Time to Get Wobbly. And, you know, I got, I got thinking about that. Uh, we are living in such a time as that. This is no time for Christians, for ourselves, to be, to be wobbly. Yet these three problems are in existence, and they're, they're there. 
And uh, there are things that we have to constantly be on the, on the look, lookout for. And again, remember, these, these men were greatly used of God before this. Before this took place, they helped with the feeding of the 5,000. Uh, uh, Peter, James, and John were on the Mount of Transfiguration, and they saw Jesus Christ in his glory. And they, they, they had a part, in, a part in and watching also spirits getting cast out, evil spirits being cast out of people. And so they were used of God in a, in a mighty way. Yet they, they stumbled in three areas. And we're going to take a look at these three things. These are three things that can suck our strength right out of us. Can, can cause, uh, can cause our, not only our attitude uh, and relationship with God to go sour, but also can cause others as well. First one, look in verses 46 through 48. It says, Then there arose a reasoning among them, which of them should be greatest. And Jesus, perceiving the thought of their heart, took a child and set him by him and said unto them, Whosoever shall receive this child in my name receiveth me, and whosoever shall receive me receiveth him that sent me. For he that is least among you all, the same shall be great. First problem they had was the problem of boasting. Boasting is just is, is seen in different ways. We, you see boasting in, in an individual when we talk of ourselves and we talk of our interests. And that's really where, where we want the focal point to be. And I'm not saying it's wrong to talk about your interests. I'm not saying it's wrong to talk about yourself. But when that becomes predominant, then that's boasting. We talk of, we talk of what we would never do, like Peter, who said, you know, I, oh, you know all, 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 the, all the others may go ahead and deny you, but I'll never deny you. That's boasting. Um, talking of what you deserve. I mean, obviously, these guys, it says there arose a reasoning among them, which of them should be greatest? Well, they all thought that they qualified for that position. And uh, the, the bottom line is, when we get to, in, into, this, into this sin, we get into this, this, this mode of operation in our lives, uh, it, it, uh, it, it can be a, a, a real detriment to our Christian life and to our Christian walk. Um, so what, what Jesus did, which I think is, is interesting, in verse 47, it says, Jesus perceiving the thought of their heart. Now, a lot of this was going on on the inside. It wasn't even coming out of their mouth yet. And uh, because Jesus is God, he, he was able to know what they were thinking. He said, took a child and, and set him by him and said unto him, Whosoever shall receive this child in my name receiveth me. He was saying, listen, if you, you uh, want to be great, work with kids. You want to be great, uh, uh, take care of someone who's helpless. Take care of someone who can't do things for themselves. Uh, one of the things that I've learned over the years, and I've, I've learned it by watching min children's ministries. I've learned it by raising children myself. Kids will humble you. They will humble you. They'll come right up to you and say, uh, Preacher, uh-huh, come here. And you go down close to them and you say, Yes, yeah, sir, what, what do you need? Your breath stinks. <laughs> you know, I mean, they're just like that. Uh, you know, they'll, uh, they'll tell you what they think, <laughs> whether, whether they should or not. They don't, and of course they don't know. 
But, but it's, it's good, honestly, it's good to get humbled like that because quite frankly, we, all of us, I think we're all guilty of this, we think too much of ourselves. We think better of ourselves than what, than what the, the real picture is. And uh, some, of the, some of the biggest rewards that uh, we get in life, we get by doing the most humble tasks, by doing the, the things that are, are the simplest and the most humble. And one of the ways that you can keep yourself humble is to minister to those who need to be served. Uh, take your Bibles and turn with me to Romans chapter 12. Keep your finger in Luke because we'll be back there, but go to Romans 12. In Romans 12, verses 1 and 2 are classic verses about consecrating your life to God and offering your body a living sacrifice and then uh, having your, your mind renewed so you can serve and love the Lord the way that you should. But I want you to notice in particular, starting in verse 3, it says, For I say, after he's all done saying, present your bodies a living sacrifice, be separated from the world, uh, have your mind transformed. Then he says, For I say, through the grace given unto me, to every man that is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think. Why? Because that's our tendency. We have a tendency to think a whole lot more of ourselves than what we ought to think. He says, but to think soberly according as God hath dealt to every man the measure of faith. Now I want you to notice what he does in verse 4 and all the way down to verse 9. He, he commences to talk about service. He's talking about service. He just got done saying, don't think more of yourself than you ought to think. And then in verse 4 he says, For as we have many members in one body, and all members have not the same office, so we being many are one body in Christ, and every one members one of another, having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us, whether prophecy, let us prophesy according to the pro proportion of faith or ministry, let us wait on our ministry, or he that, or he that teacheth on teaching, uh, or he that exhorteth on exhortation, he that giveth, let him do it with simplicity. He that ruleth with diligence. He that showeth mercy with cheerfulness. But let love be without dissimulation. Abhor that which is evil. Cleave to that which is good. Right after he gets done talking about, talking about don't, don't, get, don't get proud and don't get puffed up, he immediately goes to the, the idea of, of being of service of serving others. And the cure for boasting is to minister to someone who needs to be served. Take care of somebody else's needs instead of your own needs. And, and actively look for them. Uh, Jesus said, he that is greatest among you shall be your servant. In other words, the greatest people that are out there are the ones that serve the most. So the cure to that thing is to serve. And it's not it's not the responsibility of others to come to us and say, listen, I need this or I need that. It's our responsibility to look for people that have needs, to look for areas that need to be taken care of. Uh, you know, honestly, uh, when it, as an, it, just as an example, and I, I brought this up already once this morning so I can, I can reiterate it. Um, 
people, you ought to be knocking at Aaron Beam's door saying, listen, could I please do a special? Now, again, you got to do it with the right attitude. You don't do a special so that you can say, look at me. Don't I have a wonderful voice? But honestly, uh, the folks that, that do specials around here don't do that. Play the piano. Uh, do a special. Yeah, you say, well, we already have an offertory. I will do another one. <laughs> okay, we'll do, an, we'll do another piano special. Uh, I like good music. You want to be a blessing to me? You want to be a blessing to a whole bunch of these folks out here? Do specials. Look for things like that where you can fill a gap, where you can fill a need, where you can be a blessing to someone else. So the first, the first sin that they fell into is a sin of, of boasting. The second one is a sin of belittling. Look in 49 and 50. And John answered and said, Master, we, we saw one casting out devils in thy name, and we forbade him because he followeth not with us. And Jesus said unto him, Forbid him not, for he that is not against us is for us. The second, the second problem, the second sin that they constantly seem to be, be fighting is the sin of belittling. Belittling is when you have a, a critical spirit. Uh, be careful of a critical spirit. Let me tell you why. Again, keep your finger here, but go to the book of Matthew. Go to Matthew chapter 7. This is a passage of scripture that is often taken out of context, uh, quoted and, and, and used to uh, basically browbeat people who have pointed out an error or a fault or a problem. Uh, that's, not what this, <laughs> that's not what this passage is about. Look in, look in, look in Matthew 7. And uh, look with me, beginning in verse, in verse 1. It says, Judge not that you be not judged. Now, that's as far as most folks go. They take that, that, that verse and they use it as a hammer whenever anybody uh, says anything to rebuke them, says anything to point out a fault or a problem. Immediately, judge not. Don't judge me. Don't judge me. I mean, that's the favorite that's the favorite phrase of, of, of our day. But verse 2 says, For with what judgment ye judge, ye shall be judged. And with what measure ye meet, uh, it shall be measured to you again. You see, what he's saying is, judge not that ye be not judged, because you give it out, you're going to get it back. And by the way, uh, when you get it back, it's with good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over shall men give criticism unto your bosom. Uh, I'm just saying, that's just how it works. And, uh, and in verse 3, it says, And why beholdest thou the mote that is in thy brother's eye, but considerest not the beam that is in thine own eye? Or how wilt thou say to thy brother, Let me pull out the mote out of thine eye, and behold, a beam is in thine own eye? Thou hypocrite, first cast out the beam out of thine own eye, and then shalt thou see clearly to cast out the mote out of the brother's eye. It doesn't say don't cast a moat out of the brother's eye. It says take care of your own beam before you, you try to be a help to somebody else. And uh, so, so be careful. Uh, you criticize others and, and God will put you through some things and uh, deliver more criticism to your door than, uh, than, you, would, than you would desire. 
Notice what, what is said, though, in verses 49 and 50, and the attitude that the disciples had. It says, Master, we saw one casting out devils in thy name, and we forbade him, because he followeth not us. You know, you know what they didn't say? They didn't say, because they follow not you. I mean, isn't that really what the... What the, what, the, what the key is, we're to follow Jesus Christ. I realize the Apostle Paul says, be followers of me, even as I also am a follower of Christ. So the bottom line is the example is not first and foremost us. The example is first and foremost the Lord Jesus Christ. And, uh, and, and they were not so upset that they weren't following God from their perspective, but that they weren't following them and they weren't doing things in the, in the exact way that they did things. Now, doctrine is one thing. Uh, and, and if the doctrine is off, I'm not going to walk down the street with somebody who's got bad doctrine on salvation. I'm, I'm just not going to do that. I'm not going to walk down the street with, uh, for, for a long, very long period of time with somebody who has the, the, a, a bad, uh, the wrong doctrine on personal separation and holiness and so forth. But, uh, but, you know, the truth of the matter is we got folks that do things differently than what we do. And uh, I, I know churches that will not have services tonight. Now, personally, I don't prefer that. But uh, they're good churches. I know churches that don't have church services on Wednesday night. They have it <gasps> on Thursday night. Can you believe that? But, 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 but the, the point is, is that they put the emphasis not on Christ, the emphasis was on themselves. And when you start to belittle others and when you develop a critical spirit, it becomes, whether you even are cognizant of it or not, it becomes us against them. Take your Bibles and, again, stay here, but turn to Romans chapter 2. Romans chapter 2. This is a classic. I, I, I can't tell you how many times I had read Romans and then one day I, I heard a preacher preaching on this thing, and, uh, and I never saw this verse before, but man, it hit me between the eyes. It says, therefore, thou art inexcusable, verse 1, 2, 1. Therefore, thou art inexcusable, O man, whosoever thou art that judgest. For wherein thou judgest another, thou condemnest thyself. For thou that judgest doest the same things. You know the things that bug us sometimes the most about somebody else are the very same things that we violate and do in our own personal lives. And we just don't see it as clearly in ourselves as we see it in others. They, you know, understand what the disciples did not want to do. They did not go to, to the Lord and said, Lord, listen, they're doing some things incorrectly. How about if we go on over there and we help them? How about we go on over there and how about if we, we, uh, we lovingly correct them on the thing? Let's see if we can be a blood. No. What they said is stop them, Lord. I mean, they're not doing it the way we do it. So they, they, don't, just, they don't need to be corrected. They don't need to be changed. They just simply need to be stopped. You know, when, when we start having that kind of attitude, we have to be careful, honestly. We have to be careful with that 
inside of our own church, inside of your own family. We've got to be careful of that thing. Because you know what, you know what we have a tendency to do? We have a tendency to get our, our eyes and our sight off of who the real enemy is. I know when I went to, when I went to uh, uh, Western New York and pastored for three and a half years, the, when, when I was um, candidating, I went through a question and answer session. And there were some ministries that were in the area that people attended. And uh, they wanted to know, well, what do you think of this ministry? And what do you think of that ministry? Now, can I tell you what I, what I think? I think the local church is absolutely number one. And anything that, that uh, and you find it all through, ways through Scripture in your New Testament, uh, that's the ministry we need to support. Absolutely number one above all else. And if something gets in the way of people coming to church, that's not right, even if it calls itself a ministry. If it's not a church, then you need to be in church on Sunday morning. You need to be in church on Sunday night. You need to be in church on Wednesday. But anyway, they asked me the question. And I said, well, I says, uh, I'm not going to, first of all, I said, I don't know really hardly anything about either of the two ministries that you brought up to me. But I will say this. I said, I said, I believe in the local church and basically said the very things I just said to you. I said, but, but I will say this very clearly. Neither one of those ministries, regardless of what they do, they are not the enemy. We need to remember that. You know, it's, it's, uh, it, it's, the, it, it's the prince of the power of the air that's trying to, to, to trip you up, to mess you up. It's the world, the flesh, and the devil that are your enemies. And uh, we need to, we need to, to uh, look at, at other believers with a, with a caring and with a loving spirit. Um, if, if you believe that you can do a better job than somebody else is doing, then show them how to do it. Be a blessing to them. Be a help to them. Be an encouragement to them. But my goodness, folks, there's, we have too few of us around. Let's be careful of, of being critical. And, and uh, what's the cure? What's the cure for belittling? <laughs> you know what the cure is? Jesus said it. Leave them alone. <laughs> Just get your nose out of their business. Leave them alone. Uh, just let them go. Take your Bibles and turn to Proverbs chapter 3. I'll show you a couple of verses in Proverbs. Proverbs chapter 3. And look down at verse 30. Proverbs 3.30. Strive not with a man without cause, if he have done thee no harm. I took that word thee and I put a different color marker on that so that I would remember that, you know, if someone hasn't done you any harm, why don't you just leave them alone? You say, yeah, but they did such and such to so-and-so. Okay, well, that's fine. Uh, why don't you encourage that other person that they did wrong to to get it right with them? Why don't you encourage them to get it right with the person that they supposedly did wrong to? But, but don't, don't carry that thing don't carry that thing into your business. Uh, go over to the book of Proverbs. 
Proverbs chapter 26. Proverbs 26, look down at verse, verse uh, 17. I love this verse. I don't know why. I guess because I, I, every time I read this, I get a mental picture. Uh, verse 17 says, He that passes by and meddleth with strife, belonging not to him, is like one that taketh a dog by the ears. Now, I don't know what you think of when you read that verse. I'll tell you what I don't think of. I don't think of grabbing a beagle by the ears. I don't think of grabbing a chihuahua by the ears. I think of grabbing a 150-pound German shepherd by the ears. <laughs> and, and you grab that dog by the ears, and guess what? You're in trouble. And, 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 and because if you let go of this hand, he's going to... And if you let go of this hand, he's going to... And if you throw him, he can probably f run faster than you can. So you're, you're going to be in trouble no matter what. I was saying that's somebody who's meddling in something that is not their business. What was going on with these other believers was really not the business of, of the disciples. And they, they stuck their nose into somebody else's business. Mind your own business and leave them alone. So we see two of the problems. First one is boasting. Second one's belittling. Look with me at the third one. Go back to, to Luke chapter 9 and look down in verse 49. Luke chapter 9 and verse, verses 49 and 50. It says, and, and John answered and said, Master, we... No, that's not the one I want. What I want 51 through 56. 51 says, and it came to pass... When the time was come that we should be received up, he steadfastly set his face to go to Jerusalem and sent messengers before his face. And they went on and entered into a village of the Samaritans to make ready for him. Now, what you need to know is the Samaritans and the Jews did not get along. Samaritans called, called uh, uh, the Jews dogs and the Jews called Samaritans dogs. They just, they just had no, no real fellowship with one another. In verse 53, and they did not receive him because his face was as though he would go to Jerusalem. And when his disciples, James and John, saw this, they said, Lord, wilt thou that we command fire to come down from heaven and consume them, even as Elias did? And I think they probably were asking for extra crispy at about that point. And verse 55, he says, But he turned and, and rebuked them and said, Ye know not what manner of spirit you're of. When we talk harshly like that, we are really acting out of the character of being a child of God. And that's what, that's what Jesus was upset about. Verse 56, he said, For the Son of Man has not come to destroy men's lives, but to save them. And they went, went to another village. What, what we're looking at here is bitterness. We're looking at bitterness. Again, the Samaritans and the Jews didn't get along. And uh, if you look, look in verse 54, when they give the so-called solution to the problem because they refused, they refused to, to allow them to come through, in verse 54, he says, And when the, when the disciples, James and John, saw this, they said, Lord, wilt thou that we command fire to come down from heaven and consume them, even as Elias did? They go back to the Old Testament. They go back to Scripture. 
and they say, let's, let's fry them and, and let's use Bible to back us up. And that's exactly what they did. They justified themselves with scripture. Well, Jesus, Jesus also knew about Elias. That's Elijah. And remember what happened to Elijah? I'm not saying that, that he did a wrong thing. I'm just saying, remember the temptation that Elijah had after he went up against the 450 prophets of Baal, and then he slew them, and then he got a note. He got a note from Jezebel, and what did he do? He, it was a threatening note. He ran. He did not listen to God. He did not obey God's command. And, you know, bitterness will do that. You know, when you, if it, I'm not saying that he was bitter. I'm just saying that uh, that was the problem that the disciples had. And bitterness will cause you to, to sway from that which God has called you to do. They got, they got the attitude. Boy, we've got to be careful of this. I've, I've had this attitude myself at times. And all these things that, that these three things that I'm mentioning this morning, I've struggled with these things. I struggle with them. But you know, you know when you've got problems is when you stop struggling. And, uh, and you don't recognize them in your own life. And, and uh, I, I've gone up, I've witnessed to folks, gone, whether it be door to door or whether it be on college campuses, uh, whether it be uh, just, just talking to someone in a social setting, and they get, they get real, they get real uh, defensive, they get real upset, and they may say something like, well, that's just a bunch of junk. I don't want to listen to that anymore. What's your attitude when somebody says that? You know what? The attitude I've had at times, and thankfully not recently, but my attitude has been at times, well then, fine. Go to hell. Now you say, that's horrible. That's an awful thing. You're right. It is horrible. Because Jesus Christ came to seek and to save that which was lost. He didn't come to condemn anybody. And the moment that I have that, or you have that kind of attitude, and, and you might not be that prolific in your, in your exclamation of how you feel. But have you ever said, well, okay, fine. And you just walk away. And your heart gets cold. Boy, you know, anytime as Christians our heart gets cold, we get in danger. Uh, what, what if the, I thought about this, what if the people in the village Maybe there's some people from that Samaritan village that were standing around there at the time. What if they heard them say that? How attractive would Jesus Christ have been to them as Savior with that kind of attitude? And sometimes that's the kind of attitude that we, we have. We need to instead get concerned and get burdened and not get angry. Uh, I understand, you know, uh, uh, one of the, I asked a, a a person who had been saved for quite a, quite a long time. I said, what's the number one lesson you've learned in the Christian life? And he looked at me and just serious as a heart attack. He said, I learned that you've never been stuck until you've been stuck by a brother. You know what I was talking to? I was talking to a bitter person. And, and I, I didn't even realize it at the time that that person said that to me. But when I walked away and I, I contemplated those words, I realized that there was some real bitterness on the inside. That's not what people need. People need to, folks that care for them. 
They need pe people, people need folks that are concerned. How much of a burden do you think the uh, disciples had after that statement for that Samaritan village? I don't think they had much of a burden at all. What's the, what's the cure? The cure is to not retaliate. Remember your purpose. And remember that not only are we supposed to love the Lord our God with all our heart, with all our soul, all our mind, all our strength, but we need to love our neighbor as ourselves. Even if our neighbor hates our guts, even if our neighbor is a, a total irritation all the time, we have that obligation. Somebody's got to care for them. And if it isn't us, then who will it be? The Son of Man came to seek and to save that which is lost. Now, if you take, take all three of these, these sins that we looked at this morning, the boasting, the belittling, and the, and the bitterness, you know what all three of those are? They're, they all have their root in pride. They all have their root in, in really, in this particular case, it wasn't just pride, it was spiritual pride. Because remember, these are guys that were doing right. These were guys that were trying to follow the Lord. These were guys that, that uh, uh, were, were trying to be disciples and were disciples of Jesus Christ. And, and yet, that spiritual pride began to well up in their, in their hearts. They got to thinking that they were better than others. Uh, it, the thing that's amazing, too, about this thing is that uh, one of the men that was involved in two out of three of these, these instances at least named in two out of three of these instances, is the Apostle John. I don't know about you, but, but I, I have a whole different opinion of Peter when he was following the Lord in the Gospels than John when he was following the Lord in the Gospels. I mean, John was, I mean, he was a guy, he loved folks, didn't he? He loved the Lord, didn't he? He was the one who leaned on Jesus' breast at the Last Supper. And yet, you know what? He fell too. He got, he got trapped by those, by those things. He got, trapped, he got trapped by belittling, and he got trapped by bitterness. If you're serving God in any way, shape, manner, or form, if you love the Lord, you are susceptible to all three of these sins. And the other thing that I, that I noticed and I had pointed out to me was that there's something else that they lacked in all three of these instances. When, when, uh, when, when we boast, when we belittle, and when we get bitter, we have, we have, we have three things that we, we lack. We lack a love for each other. We, we lack a love for those that are outside of our group. And we lack a love for those, we have a lack of love for those that oppose us. That's why Jesus Christ said, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength, and the second is like unto it, love thy neighbor as thyself. Otherwise, you're gonna get you're gonna find yourself falling into boasting, belittling, and bitterness. Let's bow our heads for prayer. Father, I ask that you would open our eyes. Not that so that we can see some things in scripture, we've already seen them. But open our eyes and show us if any of these three things, even in a small way, are present in our lives. Maybe, maybe they crept in there this morning. 
maybe one of those things crept in yesterday, maybe sometime earlier during the week. And it happened so quickly and it happened so suddenly, we didn't even see it. We didn't even notice it. We didn't even recognize it. But you've shown the light on that thing. Lord, I, I am convinced that it won't be until we get our glorified bodies, we see you face to face, that we'll have total victory over these things. Because they'll always be there, especially for those who want to serve you and love you. But God, we need to constantly be aware of those things. And every time you show them to us, we need to get those things right. We need to change our attitudes. We need to go down the road in a way that pleases and honors our God. Please bless this invitation. Work in our hearts. Speak to us. And as you speak to us, may we respond to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's all stand.